Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. To learn more about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, Texas, visit our website at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. Amen. Um, if you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor on the preaching team. Grab your Bible. We'll be in Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, which was just shown on the screen. Uh, the sermon title this morning is The Heart of Christ. The Heart of Christ. Again, that's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I'll read it and then we'll pray. It says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. Uh, Bow your heads with me. God, I thank you that you speak through your word, that you minister to us through your spirit. And so I just ask as Jesus, you, you spoke in these words that they would speak right now to our hearts, our lives, our minds. God, we are so desperate for you. God, that you would help realize the love that you have for us that is so displayed and communicated, uh, not only in the cross, but just in who you, your nature and your heart, that we'd experience your gentleness and your lowliness and your kindness this morning that we would not think that, that we have it figured out, but that we, we would come to, to you um, and that we would we'd feel the rest that you promise. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, if you're taking notes this morning, the heart of Christ is what we'll be looking at, the heart of Christ. And um, just introducing this, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, I, I, I would say we're, we're treading on, on really holy ground, which is... I think preachers speak because anytime we open the word of God, it's treading on holy God because God speaks. But this is a special revelation that Jesus is going to communicate with us this morning. Um, one that you may not know, and certainly all of us uh, are su- surprised by if we really grasp it. Um, in, all, in all the gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 89 chapters of of, of you know, the life, life of Christ, the death of Christ, the ministry of Christ. Uh, this is the only part where it speaks to the heart of Christ. So you can learn about who Jesus is and what he did. We talk a lot about the cross of Christ, but this is a rare moment instead of just looking at what he's done, looking into his nature and his, self, his own self-disclosure, which is super important because sometimes you, you, you hear of things but it's really interesting when someone reveals something of themselves to you. They're communicating to you. They're bringing you in. And I believe this is one of those moments where Jesus is his invitation to know him in a deeper way and to his very nature. It says uh, this about his heart. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle. Listen, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now, when Jesus is talking about his heart, he's talking about who he is in his very nature. 
the heart is not just, it's not, a, we're just not talking about an organ that keeps your life going in your body. He's talking about uh, the, the seat of the mind, the will, and the emotions. So if you want to know how Jesus thinks, his will, his emotions, his affections, his, his core, if you will, he says, I am gentle and lowly at the very center of who I am, the very core of who I am. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this about the heart. Keep your heart with all, all vigilance. This is talking about the, the core of someone. For from it flow the springs of life. So if you take that application as Jesus saying, Here, here's my heart and what you see in my life, my teachings, even the cross, springs from being gentle and lowly. And so it really is a, it's a really sweet thing to ponder what Jesus is saying when he's saying, at my core of who I am is I'm gentle and lowly. And that, that should be shocking and surprising. If it's not, you don't, you're not hearing it. That in his very nature, he is gentle and lowly, and he, he's self-disclosing that to you. And I'm praying by the Spirit of God that, that you, would, you would breathe that in. And that would bring, as he says, rest, rest for your souls. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to lay this text out in like three different subcategories. One, just you're not okay. And in this statement, in this passage, Jesus is like, hey, you're not okay. And then he's going to really kind of tell you it's okay not to be okay, or it's good news to confess you're not okay. And then the idea is you must come. You must come to him uh, in, in your, your, your brokenness, your heaviness. So the first thing we'll look at this morning is you're not okay. And this passage teaches this, that you, you are not okay. Why? Because we labor and we're heavy laden. So there's one question that we're always, in, we're always internally asking ourselves. And you may, may not ask me in this the exact phrasing, but I know you are. And I do the same thing. You're asking this question is, do, do I measure up? Do I measure up? Uh, the, 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 another way you can, uh, uh, your, your, yourself, kind of monologue is, am I okay? And, and, and the idea is like, Jesus is like, you're not, you're not okay. That's why we do here at the Door Church, you've been here for some time, there are no perfect people. This is an acknowledgement, a confession, a statement that, that you don't measure up. So everyone's kind of always asking, do, do I measure up? And we always want to put it out there, you don't. You, you don't measure up. And what's funny is when people come in, it's like, I really like when we do that part where we say we're not perfect. Now, why? Because it resonates with everyone's reality that they know they're not. They know they don't measure up. Now, that's everyone in this room. He says, come to me, all who labor are and, and heavy laden. Um, the way that we battle this not okayness is, is usually not just confession, and running to Jesus, the way that we battle this, this not okayness, do we measure up, is we try to work really hard to be okay. So we're, we're excellent at working hard to say, well, you know, I know I'm not, but eventually I'm going to measure up. If I do enough, if I'm on this performance treadmill, eventually it will be enough to be okay. That's one way to do it. And then others have this uh, idea of, man, I'm just, I'm just broken. I'm just heavy laden. It's just too, too much. Uh, and there's all symptoms of not okay, uh, but the way that we deal with it is sometimes different and usually vacillates depending on the day. Uh, we kind of fit in both categories. But one, the way that we try to deal with when we don't measure up, which we, we all fall in this category, is we are going to labor. We are going to work our tails off out of fear 
of not measuring up. And so this is a performance treadmill. Like I'm going to to work myself into the life that I want. And so you're going to do everything in your life to control, to manipulate, to work hard, whatever it is, to try to get what you want in life and self-define that to bring an okayness, however you define it. The problem with that is one, you'll never arrive. Number two, it, it looks differently from everyone. Like our labor, our laboring looks different than everyone else's. And so what you're going to find, though, is what it says in Ecclesiastes, it's all vanity. (laughs) Vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. Like no matter how much you're chasing the wind, what's going to happen? You grab it? No, it's impossible to actually grasp the wind. Whatever you think that little carrot is, or the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, it's just a mirage. You'll never grasp what you're looking for, no matter how hard you work. It won't bring the okayness that your heart so desires. So some of us had the fool's errand of chasing money. Like, so we think money is going to satisfy. And, we, you know, the people who don't have money is like, well, you know, if I just had it, then I'd know. But the people who have money know this is not true. There's not an amount of money or price tag to, uh, to, to purchase the peace that you're looking for. And we're trying to do everything we can to build this hedge of protection of finances or comfort that you're looking for. And you, you, it's kind of like that, 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 that U2 song. You're never going to find what you're looking for because it's more than that. Money can't bring okayness. And for, furthermore, it can never bring a resurrection. What we just sang about, man, we need resurrection. It'll never bring life. No matter how much money you have, you're going to die. And without the, the work of Christ, that's where you're going to stay. You're going to stay dead. Furthermore, we're going to work and labor for a, a, a morality. Now, this is more evident than ever through virtual signaling and social media and all kinds of different things. But what you're most concerned about and you're laboring is how people view you. Why? Because we need to feel okay. Like if so, so what's so awesome, if you're in Christ, you can just honor him. It's like, you don't have to be okay with everyone else because it's between you and God and you just walk in his righteousness. That's how God calls us to live. But a lot of us don't have that peace. And so we're always concerned about what other people are thinking about us. This is a false morality that we're trying to present a righteousness, an okayness to God and to others. Like, I'm okay. I do the right thing. And, and that will never bring you the rest. And so you work real hard. To, to, you know, maybe, maybe it's to keep the Ten Commandments, if that's your thing. If, you're, uh, if you think keeping the law is, so I was like, man, I've never done these things, so I'm a good person. You need to know that you're a good person. And there's other people that are more not living according to, to the Word of God, but to the world standards. And whatever they say is, you know, in vogue or is a cool thing, it's like, I got to make sure I post that, because if, if I don't post it, if I don't show this is true, then, then I, you know, people are going to think less of me. This is all about laboring for morality. Um, I mentioned it briefly, but social media, is a, we're trying to spin a world a perfection of, of this idea that, that you're working real hard to manage everyone's opinion. That's why you look at the, the likes that you have and the, what you post, and it's actually, you're laboring greatly to, to create this, this, this okayness. Uh, other people, it's success. You labor real hard to have this success, whatever you define that may be. Like, maybe you want to be the you know, the best mom, which is a good, it's a good thing to be a good mom. It's a great thing uh, to be a good dad, maybe to be a great provider or become the entrepreneur that you want. I don't know. But what's so 
amazing, no matter what that mountain is, that, that achievement, it'll never be enough. Like, it'll never bring the okayness that you're looking for. Uh, that's laboring. And what's, what's happening, Jesus is like, none of y'all measure up, but you're going to work really, 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 really hard to do that, and you're going to be exhausted. And not only be exhausted, you will not find the life <laughs> at, the, at the end of that you're looking for. So your labor is going to be in vain. It's vain. You'll be empty. You may get there and you're going to find out there's nothing actually there. Uh, this is how he's addressing it, that you're not okay. The other one is heavy laden. So one is this idea of performance righteousness. That's, that's that labor. And that, that can take so many different forms. They'll look at it like, I'm building my case for okayness. Then there's another group, and like I said, you can vacillate between the two, is just heavy laden. That, that, you, that life has happened to you. So you're like, man, I'm not laboring. I'm not working hard. I'm just beat up. I'm exhausted. I'm a failure. And I know it. And you're just weighed down. You're weighed down. Maybe it's by your sin. You feel so much guilt and shame of your, your habits, of your secrecy, heavy laden. You're always wondered about being the fear of found out. Heavy, it's heavy. That's a, that's a heavy thing to walk around. You know, and you're wondering what everyone else knows. Uh, there's also sufferers. People that have been abused and oppressed that, that, that feel, feel like they're worthless because that's how they've been treated. They've been treated like trash and they feel like that. They feel no, no value because the hurt, not that they've done, but it's been done to them and it defines them. Heavy laden. About this sin issue, um, you know, if you ever read the Scarlet Letter, a woman who committed adultery, has to wear A around. It's like, oh, she's that one, right? That's the idea of heavy laden. But it, instead of an adultery, it could be that. It could. Uh, and probably is for, for many in here. Uh, and it's any type of addiction. You can just put that A, and a lot of us, it could be addiction to anything. We like to dress it up. It could be, it could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be to your own glory, your self-righteousness. It could be to your kids. You're just addicted to something. And so we like to snub our nose at the people who, who struggle with addiction differently. But the idea is we're all heavy laden. We are having something that we can't kick. And it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. And that, that suffering is real. And that life has happened to you. And you just sit almost in this, this victim and, and, and constant reminder of, of, of what's been done to you. And so Jesus is coming to, to, to you this morning. And in this text, it says, I know you're not okay. I, you've been outed by Christ you're not okay. I know you're laboring for a righteousness that you'll never get. And I know you're heavy laden. You feel so much guilt and overwhelmness by the sin and suffering life. I know this is where you're at. Why? Because we're all sinners. We're insecure. We have doubts. We have anxieties. We have failures. And we have, we, we, it leaves you feeling. I know if you're in this room this morning, unless you're so <laughs> disil, you know, just, uh, disillusioned, you're exhausted. No, I'm exhausted. You know what I was so excited to do about this morning is come to, as I, as I preach and, and, and be around people and sing, it's like, 
It's this confession, I'm exhausted and I need Christ. I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired. Uh, I, know, I know you're anxious. I know you can be ready to give up, throw in the towel. This is capital T truth for everyone in this room. You may not be willing to confess that, but that's real and that's your reality. This is what Jesus is saying. You are, have labor and heavy laden. And it's, what does it say? All of you. We're not okay. Now, the second thing I want to mention here, it's, it's good news <laughs> to admit you're not okay. It's good news to admit you're not okay. So objectively true, we're all heavy laden, we're all laboring, we're all, we're all, we're all exhausted. That's capital G truth, whether you believe it or not, if you're going to own that or not. The good news is to subjectively, that means personally, accept this and admit it because there's help there. There's help there. That's why it's such good news to admit. Because it says, all, all who, are, who labor are heavy laden, uh, they, must, they must come. So Jesus is inviting us in our, in our exhaustion, in our anxiety, in our exasperation, what? To come. Jesus' invitation to you and to me this morning is what? To come See, what's so amazing about this, this text is Jesus knows where you're at and he's asking you to come to him. See, what's a, Christianity is confusing because a lot of us think we have to fix ourselves up or stop that thing, unburden ourselves, then we come. Like we got to clean ourselves up, then we go to Jesus. That's not what he says. You c- Come to me, in all, in all your anxiety. Come to me in all your labors. Come to me in all your sin. Come to me in your burdens. That's the condition of which you, you must come. That's what qualifies you to come. Not, not your own doing, but your exhaustion, your heavy laden, your sin is what qualifies you to come to Jesus. Now that will preach to your heart if you're listening. He's saying you don't come after you figure it out. You come and, and acknowledge all your imperfections, all your failures. That's exactly what qualifies you to come. You qualify because you are tired. Now, Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, tells us why this is such good news. Because when Jesus says, come to me, who are, who are, who are laboring and heavy laden, it's not because he's like, because I am harsh and domineering. I'm heavy-handed and I'm going to whip you. That's not what he says. Come to me, why? Because I'm gentle. Listen, come to me in your labor, in your guilt, in your sin, in your suffering, in your mess. Why? Because I am gentle. Jesus saying, I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's why you come. See, Jesus begs you to come, not, not, not to be overbearing, but to meet you in your need. Actually, man, grace flows downhill, and he meets you only in your brokenness. See, grace doesn't work uphill. Why? Because you think you're doing it. Grace runs downhill into your brokenness. That's where Jesus lives. See, Jesus is gentle, and he's lowly in heart. He is meek. He is humble. He is gentle. Now, this is, this is a foreign concept to us. We don't, we, don't, we don't think this way. Why? Because this is a spiritually discerned thing that Jesus is gentle and lowly. 
Because a lot of us think God is what? Trigger happy? He's harsh? He's reactionary? He's overbearing? He wants to, to you know, shame you and say, I'm disappointed? No, Jesus says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly. He, he meets us with what? Understanding. Jesus meets us with opening arms. He, he meets us with, with accommodations. He's wanting you to come in. See, Jesus saying, I'm gentle and lowly is telling everyone in this room, I have open arms for who? For you. Can you imagine the truth, if we could believe this, that Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart? It's an invitation to say, you're welcome, you're welcome to my presence. See, we think all those things are what disqualify us from his presence. He says, those are the very things that bring you into my presence. Why? Because... Man, he's come to meet you in your need. He didn't come to save the upright and the perfect and the well. He came to meet the sick, the lowly. We think our, our sickness is no match for, for the physician. He's the great physician, and you are greatly sick. But he is a greater physician. That's why I say, why does he say? He says, come. Why? Because he's gentle and lowly in heart. See, we, we, the reason why we don't come is we don't believe that. We don't believe what the gospel of Jesus Christ actually says. See, the cross proves his heart. The cross proves his gentle and lowliness. The cross is a welcome sign to who? To all of sinners, which you and I are, are great sinners who need a greater savior, which he is. See, the reason why this is hard to believe is because I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not, is the way that you come to God is you have to be perfect. And so when we admit our imperfections, like, well, hold on. If God's standard is perfect, we feel, man, we're not perfect, but God's standard is that. How can we come? Why? We come not in our, our own perfection. We come in the perfection of Jesus Christ. That it's his righteousness. It's his laboring. See, we, want, we think we have to do it to come, and you're partly right. Someone has to labor. Someone has to have a perfect righteousness. It's just not going to be you. And when we come, we're admitting we're unrighteous, but Jesus is going to be our righteousness. We come not in our own, our own, our own abilities, but in the perfection of Jesus Christ. That's how you come. Anything else? is a rejection of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're going to come on your own accord, and it's filthy rags in the sight of a righteous holy God. The idea is to admit your imperfection and cling to the perfection and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Number two, the reason, so, and this is something that's been ministered in my heart. I, I usually think when I come, it's like Jesus is like, he, you know, I, and I read this, I thought it was good. That he comes with kind of like a gasp, like, oh no, look at that sinner. And then like holding his nose, like what a wretched sinner. Like you stink. And, and that's not how, how, how Christ comes. Why? Because the precious blood of Jesus Christ has covered all my sin. He's not, he, it's, it's not like you stink to him. He embraces you and it's the aroma of Christ. He, he runs to you and embraces you and all your filth. And to us, that's impossible to believe why it's because it's Jesus that's washing us clean as we come. Like he, 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 he longs to bring you in, which makes no sense in your own accord. But in the life of Christ, this is the way we come. See, Jesus welcomes 
us in his gentle and lowly heart. The cross proves it. All failures are welcome. All, all frailties embrace. All sinners and sufferers. Man, God wants to comfort you and give you this soul rest. So he talks about, I'll give, you, I'll give you rest for your soul. That's what we're looking for. We're looking, we're looking to find, man, love that will never fade. We're looking to find healing from our great, greatest sicknesses, and that comes, that, that comes through the heart of Christ. Now, what I want you to hear, that's for all people. What I just said is I know you're exhausted. I know you're trying to earn your own righteousness. I know that you're trying to, to manipulate your life, to build your own kingdom that, hear me, that will not satisfy. I don't care how much money you have or how popular you are, or what your, rep- your reputation is. It's just not gonna be enough. And I know, I know we're exhausted and heavy laden. I know this. And what, what I don't want you to hear is, is like, you're welcome by God, true, but this is not how he treats all people. He, God, so God does not treat all people in gentle and lowliness. You're like, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I'm going to read it, and then I'll, and I'll talk about it. It says uh, this in Matthew 11, verse 20. It says, then he began to denounce the cities where, where, where most of his mighty words, uh, works had been done because they did what they did not what repent says, woe to you, Corazon, woe to you, Bethsaida. Who is this for? The people who, what? Repent. The people who come to him. The invitation's for all. He does not want you to experience the wrath of God. That's why Jesus came, to, to take on the wrath of God, to give you a righteousness that you can never afford. But you have to come. You have to respond by the Spirit of God you have to run to Christ. Invitations for all, but you must come. See, there, there is a condition to all of this. And you have, you, you have, to, you have to come. And that, that's the idea of God is bringing you that soul rest. He says, come and take my yoke upon you. See, what he's telling you to do, he's saying to lay down your performance treadmill of trying to earn, which everyone is exhausted if they're on. Acknowledging that you're not enough and, and, and rest, here, find soul rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's the invitation. Step off the performance treadmill into the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's his righteousness that bids you to come. And that is so freeing. That is so restful when you can just lay your deadly doings down, down at Jesus' feet and stand in him, finally glory is complete. He completes you and you can just step off and you're okay. You're not okay, but in him you can be okay. When you understand it's not an identity achieved, but it's an identity received, there is rest for your soul. There's soul rest because this is his yoke that he puts on you. It's, it's his love that he puts on you. See, what we try to do is we try to labor. We try to, we try to fix ourselves. And Jesus is like, no, you, you step off of all of that and come rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus begs you to come. Why? Because he's gentle and lowly. Now, I'm going to read the text. And I've been praying for you all this week and all this morning. I want you to listen, not only with the ears, <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the, the, the spirit of God that gives you 
your heart ears to hear and that you respond in singing. And then even after I get done preaching and singing, we're gonna have a special time where you can come. I want you to hear the invitation is to come and rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, you have to come. You have to come. The work is done. The yoke is easy. And God wants to bring forgiveness into your life, gentleness in your life, his love into your life. But you must respond by coming. So I'll read this. It says this. Listen to what Jesus says. This is the word of Christ. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Listen, and I will give you rest. The promise of Christ, he says, I know you're exhausted. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you what? You will find rest, soul rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. God, I pray as we sing, the spirit of God would magnify the beauty of Jesus Christ. The heart of you, God, which is gentle and lowly. It's not harsh and threatening or domineering, but a a heart that is gentle and lowly that meets us in our sin, that meets us in our suffering, that meets us in our exhaustion and provides rest. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs soul rest this morning. Help us come to you and feel it. Help us experience the promises of which you say, Jesus, by your spirit. Help us breathe in, breathe in the life of Christ, the rest of Christ. I ask that in Jesus' powerful name, amen.